This is a download from Wireless Theatre. Enter Queen Lear by Tien Marari. Take your overcoat. <laughs> Sit down while I get you ready. God, I hate the mirror. Why can't we look the same, frozen at 25 until we drop dead at 70 or 80? <laughs> when I get up in the morning, I creak like a door opening in a horror film. Oh, stop exaggerating. You're still only 50. 40. 45. And I have to age you for the role. Ah. No faint moustache, no straggly hairs on my chin. <laughs> I thought I'd play Queen Lear with a hunch. <laughs> Olivier, Richard III. Oh, darling, look, I don't want the white wig. I'll play her as a platinum blonde. Blonde suits you. What do you think? Mm, it does. And I have a face with wise beauty. And it's the sweetness of my mouth that makes the wine so sweet, not the grape. <laughs> That's not Shakespeare. That's seduction. You're glowing. You're vibrating. You've met somebody when you're on holiday. Who is it? A handsome man with a beautiful smile. <laughs> my dentist. <laughs> oh, he has gentle eyes with a good sense of humour. Uh, uh, my, my cocker spaniel. <laughs> what does he do? He's an actor, a director, producer. Oh, God, no, I've had enough of them. You're hiding something. I've known you long enough to suss that out. You can tell me. You always did before. I knew all your lovers. Not all. Well, will I like you? That's if I ever meet this mysterious man. Oh, stand up so I can put on your Queen Lear cloak. <laughs> I know you'll like him. And he does know who you are, what you are? Yes, he does. Here's your crown. Oh, Mahini, it's too light. It should be heavier to make me feel majestic. <laughs> My budget can only afford light. I'll add uh, lead weights inside. How did you meet him? When? Where? How, when, where aren't important. It's what happens after. Cut to the chase. He took you to bed on the first date. <laughs> I'm not that easy, Ale. No, we didn't get to bed until... Much later. We had coffee and we chatted. What you chat about with a revelation? God, movies, books, philosophy, politics, cuisine? He told me his whole life story. He's kind, he's gentle, and he's fun to be with. He makes me laugh. I don't mean jokes, but with a sort of dry humour. And I feel he needs me. He's so vulnerable. And I want him. And he's great in bed. Mm -hmm. oh, no man's perfect. He's learning. He's learning? How old is he? 35. He's just a few years older than Gerald. I did pass maths in school, Mahini. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Does this young man have a name? Yeah. Shh, shh, shh. My sons. My sons. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you happy, Mum. <laughs> How's it going? Well, we expect a hit, of course. So do I. God knows I need it. So why are we here? 
to run lines with you. Well, we did that with you when we were children. No, I wanted you to hear what I've decided. Know that we have divided in three our kingdom. Uh, 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 mother, we're only two. And you only have two properties? Oh, darling, it's just imagine you have a brother. Uh. Gerald, know that we have divided in three our kingdom. And tis our fast intent to shake all cares and business from our age, conferring them on younger strengths, while we unburdeners crawl towards death. Tell me, my sons, which of you shall say doth love us most, that we our largest bounty may extend where nature doth with merit challenge? Gerald, our eldest born, speak first. Mom, I love you more than words can wield the matter. Dearer than eyesight, space and liberty, beyond what can be valued, rich or rare, no less than life, with grace, health, beauty, honour, much as child e'er loved, or mother found a love that makes breath poor and speech unable, <laughs> beyond all manner of so much, I love you. <laughs> you will get my house in Chelsea. Oh, what? Thank you, mother! <laughs> <laughs> what says our second son, our dearest Rex? I've always loved your mum. I, I don't know why you doubt me. Oh, I just need reassurance that I haven't raised a couple of ingrats. What? <laughs> I am made of that self-metal as my brother and prize me it is worth. In my true heart, I find he names my very deed of love. Only he comes too short. Then I profess myself an enemy to all other joys which the most precious square of sense possesses and find I am alone, felicitate in your dear highness's love. <laughs> Good. Then you'll get the manor house. Oh, yes! And uh, the gamekeeper. Oh, I love that house. <laughs> and Fred's a good bloke. Uh, I wanted the house. You know I wanted it. Uh, you hate the country and you're allergic to grass. Yeah, so. Guys, 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 guys. Look, the properties are worth more or less the same amount. So the division is fair. Uh, and what's that? In pounds, not euros. Around two million each. Oh. Pounds, of course. Today's market value. But you only get it when I pop off. Dead, buried and eulogised. As I have no intention of doing a stupid leer and coming to live with either of you. Oh, but you can. Yeah, whenever you want. The, the, the children adore oh, you. Darlings, please. Being reminded I'm a grandma by two tiny adults is not my idea of peace and quiet my dotage. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mother. <laughs> Bye, Mum. <laughs> Bye, darlings. <laughs> I love being a mother, caring for them, loving them, and they were so dependent on me in those early days. I made sure I was always there for them. <laughs> I felt needed, but not anymore. They have their own lives now. Where's my third son? Where's your third son? Where's Conrad? Conrad's in the rehearsal room now. He's not here yet. Conrad's supposed to be on stage, whispering aside to the audience while I'm addressing his brothers. Steve! Steve, tremendous dressing room. I bet he's bonking the script girl. How the hell do I rehearse without the Conrad? 
I played Cordelia in school. Oh, God, please save me from school dramatics. Oh, play her then, you stupid woman. I would have lied my head off to get a piece of that kingdom. Then bore Conrad, and yet not so, since I am sure my love's more ponderous. Deepen your voice if you're going to read Conrad, so I can feel the rhythm and tone of his voice. <laughs> I don't have the balls for that. Look, you don't need balls to play a man. Try it again. Deeper. Then poor Conrad, and yet not so, since I am sure my love's more ponderous than my tongue. To thee and thine hereditary ever remain this ample third of our kingdom. No less in space, validity, and pleasure than that's conferred on Gerald. Now, our joy. What can you say to draw a third more opulent than your brothers, hmm? Speak. Nothing, my queen. Nothing? Nothing? She should have shot the old bastard when he disinherited her. I'd never do that to my children. How did I do, then? You're better as the fool. Steve! That was awful. Truly awful. You left out ten lines of the Lear opening speech, and his lines to Conrad. Obviously you can't even read anymore. And forget the acting. That was a spasm of rage over Conrad when it should have been an orgasm of rage and fury at his refusal to be effusive in his love. Oh, I'm sorry. You... Do you know what an orgasm is, or have you forgotten that, my dear? I think I can remember. <laughs> oh, your flies open. Think orgasm. Remember the day when I had my first big break when I was married to Steve in 1981, Mahini? You don't listen, do you? Yes, I do. You never do. I told you when we married, you pay the household expenses and I pay for the car. But we don't have a car. That's not the point. When we do have a car, I'll pay those expenses. Oh, I'm fed up with cheese on toast, baked beans, burnt sausages. And you may have noticed that the phone was cut off last month. Well, I haven't had much work. I'm sick of doing small rolls in Scunthorpe and Welsh toast on sea, living in stinking digs and eating in cheap calves. You're whining, Amanda. Oh, I know, I know. I can't help it. The expenses are all on me now and I don't have the money. Oh, if only I could win bigger parts. Well, if you're fed up doing rep, then do something else that pays better money. What about stacking shelves in the local supermarket? But remember, you do have to keep up your side of the bargain. Well, why can't you help? You're always working. Well, that's because I'm a talented director and you're a lousy actress. And to get the work, I have to network producers. So I have to invest in our careers. Uh, I might have a part in a movie. Well, what movie? When did you get a screen test? Why didn't you tell me? Well, you've not been around much. I'm on the shortlist. My agent says he'll let me know very soon. Who's the director? Oh, an American, Joe Parsumi. He's supposed Never to be Never heard of him. And what sort of role? What was it, the local good-time girl? Or maybe it was a deranged murderess? It's the female lead. 
Oh, Steve, it's a wonderful role. I'm the assistant to this archaeologist who discovers a secret city and we have this wild adventure and I fall madly in love with it. Oh, it sounds like rubbish to me. <laughs> anyway, if you do get the part and get paid, find a better place for us to live. I don't want to come home to this dump much longer. Well, my agent says I have a good chance. My agent says... Well, the best way to get the part is to screw the producer or the director, but never the writer. Oh, is that what you want me to do? Well, that's up to you. <sighs> why? Was that your advice to Sarah Atkins? Is that why she's the lead in your new play? Well, those are the perks of being a very promising director. But you're not the only one with the news. I've heard that I could even get the National next year. <sighs> I wish I'd told him I can't remember what an orgasm was when I was married to the lousy bastard for 14 months and 23 days. I always think of the great comeback lines long after the marital row. Oh, God. I must be mad. Stark, raving mad to have agreed to play Lear as a woman. Oh, let me not be mad, not mad, sweet heaven. Keep me in temper, I would not be mad. The RAC is going to scream sacrilege. The critics will murder me. Why didn't you stop me taking this role with him as director, Mahini? I, I did try, but he seduced you again, just the way he did in your drama school. <laughs> when you're 20, you want to be in love. Head over heels in love. And I thought I was with Steve. Oh, then he had charm, good looks, and seemed reasonably intelligent. <laughs> but my body betrayed us both. He wanted it, and I gave it. Lust was our undoing. Men can age gracefully. Oh, not all men. They, too, sag in many places. And some sags I know can't rise to the occasion without a pill. <laughs> Thank God we women don't need pills for that. With Steve, I took the other pills, as I didn't want his babies. But he needed your star power, your talent, and you felt sorry for him. Oh, I thought he might have improved with failure. But obviously, humility wasn't a lesson he learned on his way down. See, he ditched you when you got your first Hollywood paycheck. His ego just couldn't bear your success. No, it wasn't that. He knocked up Sarah Atkins and had to marry her. Do the right thing, he told me. His last and final words as he went out of the door. Ha! And then she left Steve for Dale Koppel, the Hollywood producer. Poor bastard. Oh, for God's sake. You're always making excuses for your husband. Oh, I need to justify my poor judgment of men. I only had two husbands. I wasn't a serial marrier. I only took this role to get out of the house. I was going mad sitting at home, waiting for a phone call. Nobody wants an ageing star. And there's no worse sound in a house than the lone clatter of a knife and fork on a plate. Now, I talk to myself, toast my own health, kill a bottle of two of fine wine, which I can afford, but I have no one to share them with. 
The only men available for me are 60 years or older. And their bit parts don't work. Oh, God, who wants a breathing corpse in their bed at night? <laughs> oh. I wish I could remain happily married to the same man for God knows how many years like you, Mahini. It takes patience. Getting threadbare now. Is this acting strange? How strange? Well, he's being too attentive. For nine years he wasn't at all. Now he is. He's covering up an affair. Oh, I hope it's not that. I never committed adultery. I'm a before and after marriage person. Mind you, sex does change our physical appearance. Especially just after. And especially if it's been great. We get an erotic flush on our skin tone. Huh. Men just grin. Why the grin as the new man in your life? At least tell me the name of this revelation. Kourash. Kourash? Isn't that a Polish stew? <laughs> no, he's named after a tragic king. And I know you'll like him. Oh, Amanda, tell me you're not seeing him again. Well, it's nearly eight weeks since we met. And the Eurostar's convenient for a quickie. Madame, Monsieur, bonjour. La SNCF est votre chef de bord de Suvac, la bienvenue dans ce TGF à destination de l'excellent-en-Bois, Chambéry et Paris Centre. You do love me. Unhappy that I am. I cannot heave my heart into my mouth. I love you according to my bond. No more, no less. No, I don't know why men cannot be as articulate about their emotions as we women. Oh, how, how, Conrad. Mend your speech a little, lest you may mar your fortunes. Good, my lady. You have begot me, bred me loved me, I return those duties back as our right. Obey you, love you, and most honor you. Just say what you feel. <laughs> Are you low? <laughs> You're confusing it with the French attempt. They always get it backwards. It means same, Amanda. I say in Tajik, no one will understand my heart. In Tajik, French, English, it'll all be the same. I will sing you a Tajik love song and your heart cry. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, darling, but no. The last time someone sang and danced in my life, it ended as a train wreck. And I had two children. <sighs> I don't want tears at this moment. Is that how you charmed the girls before we met? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, many, many... <laughs> No, no charm. They don't like Tajik, they like French, white. Even though my age? For me, you are young. Even younger than young girls I meet. In your heart and your brain. <laughs> and the body? I love your body. It has a voice beauty. Mm -hmm. 
You do love the ruins. And I believe you. And happy marrying. Happy, happy Mary. I need you. You need me. I've been alone a long time and empty. We meet, we are same. <laughs> and in London too. We'll marry in Chelsea Town Hall. <laughs> it's not a bad place. You'll fill up the empty house with your presence and make it clatter when we eat together. Oh, I'll care and look after you, my tajik prince. I will look after you, always and always. You live and I die. I live again when I see you, hold you, breathe you. And you believed him? I don't know, he sounds too poetic. Oh, when I fall in love, I believe every man's breathless promise. <laughs> At least he's not a writer, like my ex-husband Bobby, who wrote and then memorised his lines. You do remember him, oh, Mahini. How can I forget his dramatic entrance into your life? Was it 1986? Something like that. <laughs> We're in the same room together. Believe it and leave. You're ruining my creative spirits. Should I know you? I'm Bobby McCain, the writer. You're holding my script. By Bobby McCain. So it is. It's a terrific script, isn't it? Even if I say so myself. I bet when you read it, you just knew you had to play Jessica. I did, didn't I, Mahini? No, it was the money, plus 2% of the gross. When I was told you had agreed to play Jessica... You wet your pants. Mahini! Uh, I was in the seventh house. This is the dawning of the age of Amanda. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda playing Jessica. Well, I never knew such an exuberant writer existed. I said to myself, Bobby, you've got a great chance for the Oscar if Amanda's playing Jessica. I've seen all your movies. What, all? Thank God, you're terrific in every one, especially in Strictly Sympathetic. Oh, they have got that on video cassette too, have they? <laughs> of course. <gasps> oh, which scene? No, don't tell me I know which one. No, no, not that one. This shot closes in on your eyes, and they capture every nuance of the emotions. Pain, confusion, self-pity, in those 62 seconds. I wept when I first saw it. I still do when... I remember that performance. <laughs> you were great. That was acting, real acting. Those eyes. Well, the acting is all in the eyes. Mahini. Arthur Miller wrote that when John Houston was shooting oh, the Mahini, last darling, scene of the Miss Why did you take Clark a pee break? Gable, he said to Houston in horror, oh. this is the most important scene in oh. the movie. The characters to show the pain of loss. And you just did a one long take. pee break, Mahini. Gable replied, look at my eyes. <sighs> look at the eyes. <sighs> Now, where were we? The script? No, my eyes. <laughs> ah, yes, your magical, sensual eyes. <laughs> you must be the first man who's noticed my eyes. The others have a much lower trajectory. Is Jessica based on someone you know? My partner. Except she's not in publishing, but banking. But she was molested by a cousin, and boy, it was hard to penetrate her emotional barriers. So you're still together? No, no, she's next now. She believed I was in love with someone else, and I didn't dissuade her. Are you? Figuratively speaking, I fell in love. I couldn't get over your eyes. 
I had to write something for you just to meet you. It became an obsession. <laughs> I did want to meet you. I fell in love with the role of Jessica. She's not as cold as you describe her, though. I wanted to bring out her vulnerability. In this scene, she wants to fall in love with Mark. It's not so much in what she says, but in her body language. The languor that seems to overtake her movements. The brushing of her arm against his. The turn of her head. You have a scene in which Mark comforts David on his father's death. He embraces him, then kisses him on the mouth. I thought for such a mad joke character. Oh, he's, he's just showing his compassion. I'll tone down the kiss, as I need one now. <laughs> for the first four years, we were so happy. We were singing in the seventh heaven. And he was great in bed. You were in three films. Great roles. Great scripts, but they weren't written by Bobby. Thank God. And I won my Oscar for Lady Jane Grey. And I had my two lovely sons. I was so happy. Well? It's a terrible script. The characters are cardboard, the dialogue stilted, the premise unbelievable, and the structure. Forget the structure. I thought it was a good script and... Oh, good script. You don't know good from bad since you won the Oscar for that hammy costume performance. It's all gone to your head. I don't want you to do this one. Trust me, Amanda. I want only what's best for you. I want you to be in a great script with a great director. But this is the third script I'll have turned down, Bobby. I need to work. Wait for the great script. Be patient. And we need the money. That's all you ever think about, the money. Like all bloody actors. Oh, it keeps us alive. Look, if I say no to my agent, he will stop sending me scripts and the producers will stop too. They'll think I've retired. Are you going to listen to me or not? The last time I turned down a script, Sarah Atkins got my role and she was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> Being nominated and not winning is as good as sex without the orgasm. They'll give her this role. She's always their second choice. Well, just let her have it. She'll bomb. Then again, she might not. I mean, Carlos Sanchez is the director. He won the Palm Door last year and he sent me the script himself. I hated that film. He's just another pretentious ass. so stop being one yourself. And anyway, I said no to your agent when she called to ask. You had no right! <clears throat> I'm looking after your career and have every right. So let's stop this bullshit. Where have you been all evening? You ask the same question every night. Every night you don't answer it. I hate repeating myself to the same dumb questions. I'm working. For a whole year you've been working late. The kids don't even know what you'd look like anymore. Oh, stop being so dramatic, Amanda. But I take them with me on occasion as I can't leave them behind with you. I never asked you to take them. You're never home. You go out to your office to write every morning and that's the last we see of you. Look, I can't work a thousand miles away thinking of the kids alone in the house. I told you, hire a nanny. You can afford it. I don't want my children raised by a nanny. They need a mother and father and not a temporary substitute. <laughs>
Are you writing me a script? In progress. Can I please read a few pages? Not until it's ready. What's it about? What's my character? I can't tell you until I've fully developed it. In the beginning, we used to sit and discuss your work, Bobby. I loved your writing. Then you stopped showing me your work. Why? Oh, that's another dumb question I keep hearing. Why? Why? Glad you've not answered. I don't want to be dependent on you. I found I was listening too much to your suggestions. But we should be dependent on each other. That's why we married. I want so much to work in another film written by you, Bobby, and the studios. I come. don't need favours from the studios because of you. Yes, it's Amanda. Oh, hello, Ralph. Is that Bjorn? No, I'm very much here at home. Bobby's in the loo. You sound worried. Is there anything wrong? There's someone at the door. Why didn't you look through the peephole? You can't see anyone but the shadows. Yes. I'll tell Bobby you called. <laughs> you have two new voicemails. I miss you so much. Please call me, Bobby. I need to hear your voice. <laughs> oh, dear God. That was such a fun erotic <laughs> Ralph phoned. I said you'd call him back. Who asked you to answer it? It rang. I answered. I, I, I thought it could be important. Who is he? I'm co-writing a script with him. Why did you tell Ralph I was on location? He's a big fan, and I didn't want him fawning over you. He didn't sound like a fan. He sounded worried, and... And? Gay. And very young. And panicky. Ralph, what is it? Oh, it's late, Ralphie, and there's a schlep across town. <laughs> Nothing will happen to you. Just check the bolts and double lock, sweetie. <laughs> All right, I'll be over. I'll call you when I'm outside your door. Sit tight. Will you be back tonight? I doubt it. He's a very nervous type and needs comforting. So do I. <laughs> if they don't leave me for a woman, they leave me for a man. The problem is that you choose creative men as your lovers and husbands. You want them to dominate you, to direct you as if real life were screen life. On screen, you're in control. Off screen, you're a wimp with men. I know that. 
Don't you think I haven't self-analyzed myself sick after every breakup? I try to act as if I'm on screen in my real life, but the performance crumbles after the first night. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I need Kurash. Go and spend Christmas with him. I promise to spend it with my loving sons. Gerald! What do you want? You don't have to sound so peeved just because you're hungover. <laughs> Me hungover? You went through five bottles of wine with Christmas dinner last night. You should be the one with the hangover. Oh, darling, I'm never hungover. You should know that by now. I'd love a cup of coffee. You know where the kitchen is? Your lovely Lillian doesn't like me poking around in the kitchen. No, oh, and I don't blame her. You wrecked the coffee machine and blew the microwave last time you were here. Well, how was I to know it did night metal pots? I mean, mine does. <sighs> What's he so pissed off about? It's a few bottles of wine. You drink too much, Mother. It's a bad example for your grandchildren. Well, here's your coffee. Oh, it's cold. And tastes like mouthwash. Well, I don't have time to make a fresh one. I'm already late. Late? For what? Yes, brunch. Lillian's taken the children and I'm going to join her at the Bransons. Oh. Leaving me all alone in the suburban graveyard where even the birds don't sing. Well, you've always known where I live, so I don't know why you're complaining now. We can't afford a house in Chelsea. Oh, be patient. You'll get it one day. <sighs> Look, I'll get dressed in a second. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I don't think you fit in. It, it, it's a young crowd, our age, with children. It, if you'd get up in time... Now, I'm up, uh, aren't I? Yeah, it's noon. You know, we're up by seven. You know, I thought you'd try to adjust and fit in just for a few days. Oh, I hate mornings. You know that. They should never have invented them. Noon to midnight are the perfect hours. <laughs> yeah, and by that time, Joey and Anne have got tired of waiting for Grandma and go out to play. Oh, you know I hate them calling me Grandma. It sounds like a clock ticking, calling me to eternity. They should call me Amanda. I mean, everyone does. And you behave like a prima donna. Prima donna? I'm not an opera singer. I'm a star, darling. And ordering Lillian around as if she's Mahini or, or an AD on one of your movie sets? It's your house, darling, and I don't know where things are. So I ask Lillian... Uh, uh, ask? You order, I demand a coffee, I demand a sandwich, I demand a glass. No, no, a bottle of wine. Well, as a star, it's hard to break bad habits. Star? You, you haven't been in a movie for a year, so you're not as big as you think. I am still a star. And this universe just does not have enough space for me. I, I, I knew there was something wrong with it. I'll pass that discovery on to Stephen Hawking. Right, we'll, we'll see you when we get back, Mother. I don't think so. I know when I'm not welcome. Oh, here, oh reason, not the need. Our basest beggars are in the poorest things superfluous. Allow not nature more than nature needs. Man's life is cheap as beasts. Oh, stop being so bloody melodramatic, Mother. I'm off. So am I.
she stormed out in a cinematic huff and will probably spend New Year's with oh, you. Shit. Well, I don't want to hear, man. I have a great party to go to. What will I do? <laughs> well, hide the wine. She drank all my 87 Pinot Noir. Will do. Not that I have any 87 Pinot Noir. <laughs> I am glad to see you, Mum. Oh, Rex, I think you are. Oh, if thou should not be glad, I would divorce me, my womb. Sepulchring, a bastard. Oh, beloved Rex, thy brother Gerald, he hath tied sharp-toothed unkindness like a vulture hair. Oh, I can scarcely speak to thee. Thou not believe with how depraved a quality, oh, Rex. I pray, madam, take patience. I have hope you less know how to value his desert than he to scant his duty. Oh, say, how is that? I cannot think my brother in the least would fail his obligation. If, madam, perchance he have restrained your... habits, it is on such ground and to such a wholesome end as clears him from all blame. My curses on him. Oh, madam, you are old. Nature in you stands on the very verge of our confine. I mean, you should be ruled and led by some discretion that discerns your state better than you yourself. Therefore, I pray you that to our brother you do make return. Say you have wronged him, madam. Ask his forgiveness. Do you but mark how this becomes the house, dear son? I confess I am old. Age is unnecessary. On my knees, I beg that you'll vouchsafe me raiment, bed and food. Like bloody hell. I'm spending New Year in New York with my mates. Oh, I do love New York, darling. When are we leaving? It's not your scene. You're more than welcome to stay here. If you don't want to rattle around the Chelsea house by yourself? Well, at least I can rattle around there. I'm suffocated in this dump. (sighs) Are you sure you haven't got a dead body hidden away? It's the best I can afford at the moment. (sighs) Look, when I pop off, you will have the manor house. Oh, darling, get me a glass of wine before I go. Please, I need some sustenance. I don't have any. I emptied the cellar, as I wasn't expecting company. Oh, nature, hear, dear goddess, hear, suspend thy purpose, if thou didst intend to make this creature fruitful into his dick. Oh, mum. Convey sterility, dry up in him the organs of increase, and from his derogate body never spring a babe to honour him. If he must teem, Create his child of spleen, that it may live and be a thwarted, disnatured torment to him. Let it stamp wrinkles on his brow of youth. With cadent tears, frets channels in his cheeks. Turn all his father's pains and benefit to laughter and contempt. That he may feel how sharper and a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. Away.
Yeah, it's me. She's gone, thank God. I just can't look after her in this place. She only has herself to blame. If, if she hadn't walked out on father, she'd at least have his company. <laughs> Not that we had any say in that. We were just kids when she took off. I'd have preferred to have stayed with Dad. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I'll be happy to get out of this place. We just need more space, and the Chelsea house is just perfect. I mean, imagine a 15-minute commute to the office instead of an hour. The manor house is going to be a health spa when I get it. Yeah, everyone's on a health kick these days. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Blow winds and crack your cheeks. Rage blow, you cataracts and hurricanes. Spout till you have drenched our steeples. Drown the cocks, you sulfurous and thought-executing fires. Vaunt couriers of oak-cleaving thunderbolts. Singe my white head. And thou, all shaking thunder, Strike flat the thick rotundity o' the world. Crack nature's moulds. All germane spill at once that make ungrateful man. <laughs> oh, tell me, good Mahini. Is there a law that says mothers must love their children? Well, none that I know of. But I did love them once, when they were small, helpless and cherubic. Cherubic? I don't remember them like that. They had lungs like bellows. Oh, I didn't know they'd grown to such monsters. How I need to be with Kurash. God, he's led a hard life. Just imagine, he walked all the way from Tajikistan, crossing borders at night, hiding in mountain caves, just to reach the EU. Is he an illegal, then? No. He's a refugee. But it's a very lonely life when you're in an alien culture and the locals hate your guts. You can say that again. I was practically suicidal with loneliness when I first came here. I missed India, my family, my friends... The food, the heat, the colours. He does have a passport. Well, he told immigration he'd lost it. That's one way to get in and stay in. He does have a temporary residence permit. How temporary? Well, that depends on the French government. He can't work except off the books, and he's so talented. He has to write his articles under a pseudonym. Oh, I'd hate to be an immigrant and live in a foreign country. My years in L.A. were bad enough. I wouldn't call Los Angeles a foreign country. Oh, it was to me. A city of intestinal freeways populated by foreigners who only talk deals and had the attention span of... Mahini, <laughs> darling, my, what, what's happened? What, what did I say? God, I hate youth. They have so much to offer which we can't. Pradeep's left me for some bimbo. Oh. She's only 25 and has a gorgeous, firm, muscle body. <laughs> muscle tits. Oh, Mahini, I'm so sorry. We were married 10 years. And he takes off for some young pussy like a bullet. He says he wants kids and I can't give him them. Man, they aren't worth the breakup. And I'm speaking from experience. 
You can stay in my house. I I'm staying in our house. I'm going to take him for every penny. Well, you can use my solicitor. I have one. We're in court. Mm. You're breaking up, and I'm going to get married. Married? Kourash? Yes. I love him. And I know he loves me. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I must find a Kourash for myself. We all should. Men can marry bimbos while we can't fall in love with younger men and marry them. Do the boys know? <laughs> oh, I haven't told them. When will you tell them? Oh, not yet, not yet, Mahini, please. Give me time. Will they have compassion for me? Will they understand that I need love and that I want to give my love and there's no one to accept it except Kourash? They, they could be understanding. <laughs> How's the court case going? I'm winning. I'll clean him out, but I don't want that. I want him back. But it's too late he's besotted with this candy girl. You'll have to get married in Tajikistan. I had to marry Pradeep in Bangalore before they'd give him a residence visa. Tajikistan? Are you sure? Positive. I know this government will only give you a visa in the country of your origin. Can't I just bring him home and marry him in Chelsea Town Hall? <laughs> they won't let him in. He's third world dross. You know how bloody paranoid this country is over immigrants. He doesn't want Poles, Pakistanis, Indians, Syrians. Sure as hell they won't want a Tajik. <laughs> you left out the Scots, the Welsh and the Irish. Especially the Irish. Oh, God. How is he going to get back to Tajikistan? The way he came. He can't. He walked and hitched a thousand miles. He crossed borders at night. He stepped in ditches. He went hungry for days. It took him six weeks. He doesn't have a wife back in Tajik, does he? No. No, I know he doesn't. I asked, and he isn't a good liar. Even in limited English? I know more liars speaking fluent English. No, he has his parents, six sisters and two brothers. Fly him back then. You can afford it. I know I can. He, he did say his embassy would give him a temporary passport to get home. And he'll be safe going back? Well, he'd think so. There's been a regime change, you know. Oh, we'll work it out. We'll marry and I'll bring him home. It'll take a few weeks or more after the wedding. That's what it took us. Can't live a few weeks without him. Even a week apart tears at my heart and I have to fly back to his side. And the border control people are like pit bulls when it comes to Brits marrying third world foreigners. They'd assume it's a scam and especially... What? Give me the bad news so I can worry later. Older woman, younger man, scam. He's paid you to marry him so he can immigrate to this sceptered isle, this demi-paradise, this jewel set in a silver sea. Oh, screw Richard, whatever. The second. And it was John of Gaunt. I learned the whole play in school and I can recite that speech. No, thanks. Why do they teach Shakespeare in India anyway? So we can be more British when we face the pit bulls. They want to know everything. You're presumed guilty, and you have to prove your innocence. I love him, and he loves me. We're marrying. Isn't that enough? They don't read hearts. They read questions and his answers. Let's rehearse. You are Amanda Strait. Of course I am, you bloody stupid cow. Oh, oh Mahini, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. 
But the pit bull knows who I am. I'm a star, and he's probably seen me on the screen. It, it, it is a stupid question. You're not a star. You're a humble petitioner, trying to get the man you love, Korash, into the country. They have you by the short and girlies, my dear. Just answer their questions like a humble woman. When will you tell your sons? Sunday's the day. A small dinner. I've stocked up enough wine to keep me fortified. Oh, God, I do hope they like Kurash. He's such a lovely man. A stepfather, just a few years older than them, too. Oh, I have to see him before he meets them. Kurash, darling. I uh, read that the English talk about the weather a lot. <laughs> You'll learn that we love our weather as much as we love football and cricket. Cricket? Hmm. Cricket, cricket. Cricket, a, a leaping insect. The uh, English love an insect. <laughs> it's a game, darling. Kurash, you do love me. If I but as well other accents borrow that can my speech diffuse, my good intent may carry through itself to that full issue. What dost thou profess? What wouldst thou do with us? I do profess to be no less than I seem, to serve her truly that will put me in trust, to love her that is honest, to converse with her that is wise and says little, to fear judgment, to fight when I cannot choose, and to eat no fish. Why fish? To prove he's a Protestant, I suppose. Darling, I want you to read this. What is it? It's a prenuptial agreement. It means that if we should divorce... We will not divorce. No, no, I know, darling, I know we won't. But in case we should, we agree that you will not have a share of my property or any of my earnings. I come with nothing. And if we part, I leave with nothing. But we will not part until our deaths. <laughs> I told Steve you were down with the flu. How did it go? Oh, you have to suffer for love, and I suffered, and I feel so purified. He lives in a pretty village halfway up the mountains in a house with his parents, brothers, sisters, and cousins. We had a civil marriage in Annie, the nearest town to his village. How did you meet him? Where did you meet him? What time? Why did you marry him? Did he pay you? How much did he pay? He's blackmailing you. You can tell me. What toothpaste does he use? Left hand or right hand? Why did he marry you? Love. A <laughs> love. Love. Does she have a birthmark? Where? What's her favorite food? Can she speak Tajik? Who's captain of England? At football? At cricket? 
Why did you marry her for her money? Love. Ha! Love. Is this marriage certificate forged? What did you pay for it? Are you a doctor? Engineer? Nuclear scientist? Accountant? Banker? Millionaire? I have a journalist degree. I've worked. Ah, oh, work. What work? You'll leave her when you get there. She's old, nearly 20 years older than you. You'll find a younger woman to screw. You'll take her money. You'll take her houses. What is old? She has a young mind, a young heart. And I love her very much. How can I stop the yearning of my heart? It is impossible. Oh, I know, my darling, I know. But we have to convince the sods in the visa office. <sighs> no problem. I will pass every test for you. Then we will live in London together. I will meet Gerald and Rex. They play football. I am good football. <laughs> good at football? Rex got his blue in football at Oxford. Blue? Yes, Blue means he's played for the university. Rex creates video games, and he looks as if he's stepped out of one. You tell them we are married? I will, darling. I know they will like me very much. I will be their friend. I know you will. And I hope they will. Now, children, I've got some wonderful news for you. No, 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 no. I better say boys. Um, not boys, they're men. Now, my sons. I have a happy announcement to make, and I know you'll be so happy for me. Oh, God. Where's the damn scriptwriter when I need one? Nice haircut. Where'd you get it? Budgeons. Hmm. Same place you got that earring. Mm. So what's this about? Dunno. She didn't sound her usual self, though. Uh, sort of... Nervous. Oh, I hope she hasn't got something. Like what? Oh, cancer for a start. I what? mean, Dave, no, David's father was just 60 and he went like that. Well, or, or something else fatal. You know, mad cow disease, bird flu, AIDS, Ebola. No, wait, she didn't sound depressed. I mean, she sounded nervous, but excited. Oh, she's got the main lead, the love interest for a new... George Clooney movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. She only gets the grandma roles now. <laughs> and how she hates it. Oh, yeah, but they pay her well enough to keep her in the Chelsea house oh. lifestyle. <laughs> now, where's she been recently? I tried calling a couple of times and just got the answer machine. Rehearsing the play? <laughs> anyway, it, she's seeing anyone? <laughs> well, a couple of months ago, I did see her in the papers with Peter Chisholm. What? No way! Well, he's, he's at least 70. Yeah, well, all they can be at that age is just good friends. Without Viagra. <laughs> oh, I liked his movies when I was a kid. What, did, are they together? Oh, I don't know. You know, she complains she's lonely and won't visit us anymore, as if we're to blame for her leaving father. You know, she should find someone like Chisholm. 
They looked good together. I mean, he's the right age and he must be pretty rich. Well, he'd make a good stepdad. <laughs> hey, fellas. Meet my stepdad, yeah. Peter Chisholm. He loved his movies, right? <laughs> How long is she going to keep us hanging around? I, mean, I told Claire I'd meet her in an hour at the club. Mom! We're waiting! Oh. <laughs> oh, darlings, you're both so handsome. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, Gerald, that's a beautiful jacket. The oh, colour you. suits your style. Oh. And Rexy, is that a new earring? It looks like a diamond. It is a diamond, and it's set in an Indian design. Oh, well, it's stunning. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why are we standing around like strangers? Sit down, I'll get the wine. She looks different. Yeah. Yeah. Lighter. Mm. She has a kind of exuberance. I've never seen her like that before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gerald, darling, you're always good at opening champagne. Uh, uh, what are we celebrating? Oh, I'll tell you when we have a drink for the toast. <laughs> Now, my sons, I have a wonderful announcement to make, and I just know you will be so happy for me. You'll never guess. Well, you've got the main lead. In a Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking movies. No. My sons, I want you to toast the new bride. <laughs> Old bride, no. Oh, no, I'm a new bride. A deliriously happy bride. A wife again. <laughs> Cheers, Alex. Well, aren't you going to drink a toast to the bride? You married Peter Chisholm. What on earth gave you that idea? Well, it was in the papers. Some awards do. God, no. He's a deathly bore. And an actor, too. Look, I just know you're going to like him. He's a wonderful, warm, loving man. And he wants to play football with you. Oh, he'll fill my heart and fill this house with his presence. Where is your husband? He's not in the country yet. Kurash will be over soon. Kurash? Kurash! What kind of a name is that? It sounds Muslim, Jewish, African... None. He's named after an ancient king. And you married a Muslim. He's agnostic as I am, darlings. I mean, what is important is we love each other and don't give a damn about our religions. Well, it does matter to us. I mean, we're your sons and we've got this... This, this this bloke as a stepfather. I mean, what the hell do I tell Lillian and the children, my friends, you know? Oh, mother went out and married a Muslim. Please, meet my father. The Paki. Or an Arab. Yeah. He's not a Pakistani or an Arab. He's from Tajikistan. <laughs> Tajikistan. What? Where the hell is that? Where did you meet him? Well, in France last year when I was on holiday. Uh, oh, so, so he's not even British. Darlings, I've had two disastrous marriages, both with Brits, so nationality doesn't enter the relationship. 
Look, I know I'm very lucky this third time with Kurash. He's really a sweet, kind, very loving guy. Oh. oh, I want you to like him, please. I don't expect you to love him, but just be friendly. <laughs> you haven't drunk your champagne. Why didn't you tell us before you got married? You've presented us with a, with, with a fait accompli. Fait accompli? Why? Would you have objected and prevented me from marrying him then? It's my life. You've got yours. Uh, our lives are affected. Our lives. You're our mother, not a stranger. As if you were our stars when you walked out on Dad, dragging mm. us with you. Dragging? Mm, yes, dragging. We were too young to oh. fight you then. We didn't know what was happening to our lives. Yeah, we could have preferred to stay with Dad instead of being raised by a single actress mother and hauled around the world to different locations. Mm. I thought you loved the travelling. Hated it and missed my mates. Yeah, we were bored out of our skulls mm. sitting around a damn set or in a hotel. We could have stayed put with Dad. Look, I doubt whether Bobby would have done any better as a single parent. He didn't care either way what happened to you both. I cared and loved you. That's why I dragged you, as you say, along with me. Well, you could have worked things out with him. He said you just didn't understand him. Oh, that's what he says, is it? My wife doesn't understand me. What the hell was there to understand? He liked men more than uh, he liked uh, women. Th that's no. not true. I mean, they were young writers and he was mentoring yes. them. Oh, that's a new word for it. Mentoring. He was a bully and you both saw him slap me around as if I was a punch bag. Oh, punch bag? A couple of light slaps was all I saw because you weren't taking his guidance on those scripts. Oh, so you approve of men hitting women? And if you saw it, why didn't you say anything? Mum, I was like four and... Five. But, what were we going to say? Oh, come to a mother's defence, that's what. Well, do you beat your girlfriends? <laughs> if they provoke a man, why not? I mean, women hit men too when they're provoked. God, I thought being raised by me you'd have a better understanding of women. Well, we did understand that you took your kit off for the money so that a million guys around the world could see your tits. And what the hell's wrong with that? I always made damn sure that it was important for the role. Nudity isn't a criminal offence, is it? I suppose Lydia uh, goes to bed demure in her eyes. Leave her out of this. Look, Mum, you never thought about how we would feel when our mother took her clothes off for the camera, did you? No. No, 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 no. It was all for the sacred role. I'm sorry I didn't ask for script approval from my two sons, who are as reactionary as shocked from Cheltenham. Which century are you both living in? I bet when you see a bit of tit in the film today, you get horny. Yeah, but she's not our mother being screwed on screen, is she? Or off it. Ah! And what does that imply? Oh, don't you think we knew what was happening off the set on those locations? You'd leave us hanging around and, and retire, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, that's the word, to your trailer to rehearse lines with your co-stars, or leave us in the hotel room while you had, quote... A late night supper, unquote, with a producer or the DP. Or go over the lines uh, with the scriptwriter and then come back all calm and innocent. <laughs> scriptwriter? Never. Not after your father. What do you boys expect from me? I'm to remain a chaste mother for my children's sake? I have my needs and impulses too. Well, you even brought them home when we were children. And you thought we were asleep. We could hear you at it. It made us feel ill. Oh. <laughs> the only man I ever brought home was Gary Whitman. Oh. I was in love with him and him with me. 
We would have married if it hadn't been for you two. You made him feel so bloody unwelcome. You either screamed all day long, which is enough to put any man off children for life, or else just refused to even talk to him. He tried to be friendly, even oh, fatherly. He was patronising, and kids sussed that out immediately. He didn't like us at all. He just grinned and bore us because he was getting into bed with Amanda Strait. Mm, and he was a bore. <laughs> I mean, rattling on about cars God. as if we were interested. God, he was a racing driver. That's what he did. And he thought cars interested boys. When we broke up, I was shattered. He told me that the reason it wouldn't work was that he didn't think you kids liked him and that he couldn't get to like either of you. You wouldn't let him. You were just seven and eight, but my God, you knew how to break up a relationship when you put your tiny minds down to it. Look, we didn't want him living in this house. It, it, it's ours, and I think we did have a say whom you brought into room with us. Oh, we didn't plan to live here. We would have moved to his house in Hampstead. It was near the Heath and there was a really good school there. And you would have sold off this place? Possibly. Oh, thank God that didn't happen. It wouldn't have fetched much back then. Oh, God, I need a drink. Could you open a bottle of white, please? It's in the fridge. You drink too much, Mum. What is it? A bottle a day? <gasps> Two bottles a day. Sometimes three, sometimes four, depending on how alone I feel. And it's none of your bloody business. She's an alcoholic, you know. Oh, yeah, well, pissed out of her mind when she married this Kurash. Kurash, shit. Oh. And he's going to be living in your house. No, 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 no. He, he, could, he could buy his own in, in Hampstead and, and she'd move out. I mean, those guys are practically loaded and, and Mother has expensive tastes, so, so he must have the money for her lifestyle. Mother, does this Kurash... Have children? No. And what's he do? He's a Tajik movie star. He's not in the movie business. <laughs> a doctor then? A dentist? Come on, Mother, we, we'd like to know what our stepfather does for a living. He's a journalist. Oh. And he's a good cook too. <laughs> he learned French cuisine. Oh, he sounds a perfect Jeeves. But can he mix a great Bloody Mary? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mum, it sounds as if you've married a domestic. You've led the easy life and had the best education I could give you. Yes, I did take off my kit so you could go to universities. You don't know how hard it is being a refugee in a foreign country where they won't uh, let you work. Uh, 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 refugee? Who also plays football. You said he wanted to play football with us so we could... bond. It's pretty good for an old man. I didn't say he was old. How old? 35. Oh. He'll be 36 in October. Oh, I don't believe it. You've got a toy boy. Oh, 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 well, he's half your age. <laughs> Not half. What's wrong with marrying a man younger than me? 
Old men can marry a young woman, but a woman can't marry a younger man. The young chick marries the old man for his money. I mean, this 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 Kurash knows he's onto a good thing. Yeah, I mean, why else would he marry someone as old as you except to get his hands on your money? Oh, God, is that how you see me? An old, doddery woman whose body is now untouchable by any man younger than 80. Mama, 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 he's taking you for a sucker, hasn't he? I mean, he's this old woman who's lonely and he picks her up. Easy as pie to get her into bed and then make her think he's in love with her. Look, you just wanted the, the sex. Why did you marry him for it? I did go to bed with him for the sex, and it was damned good. Oh. And he has a beautiful young body. Oh my but then, as you may or may not know, out of sex, the emotion of love can be released. Oh. We fell in love. Yeah, yeah, I bet. God, you're cheap. <laughs> yeah, cheap to sleep with some Tajik for the sex and then marry the bastard. I mean, you were always quick to get your kit off for anyone with a dick. <laughs> I don't believe I'm hearing this from my own children. You're making me sound like a crazed nympho. Well, you're going to be hearing this from all your friends, relatives and the media. Page three. Amanda Strait marries her Tajik toy boy. I mean, Mum, we can't even keep that quiet because of who you are. You're not listening to me. You're on your own trips about what people will think. I don't care what people will think. I'm in love with Kurash, and he loves me. Not for what I do, but for who I am. Forget people. What about us? I know now what you think. And I don't care a damn. This is my life, my happiness, my love, my needs. You've got your lives now. I want mine, as selfishly as possible. I want someone to care for and for someone to care for me. Be beside me day and night and not leave me alone. In this house? Yes. I mean, we thought he might have a posh estate in Hampstead. <laughs> and what happens to it after? After? After I'm dead? <laughs> That's all you care about, don't you? You don't have to worry. I won't change my will, and we have signed a prenuptial agreement. Uh, uh, oh, this will be yours, my uh, sons, when I'm good and gone, but not a moment before. Will? A, a prenup? Look, they're not worth the paper they're written on. As your husband, he could challenge them in any court, and, and we'll be locked in litigation for years. There won't be any litigation when I pop off. He'll get the Paris flat. What Paris flat? You never said there was a flat in Paris. I bought it before I bought this Chelsea house when I was married to Steve. I didn't tell him that. It's worth about 400,000 euros oh. now. Know that we have divided in three our kingdom and tis our fast intent to shake all cares and business from our age, conferring them on younger strengths while we, unburdeneth, crawl towards death. I think you've gone mad. Stark raving bonkers marrying this toy boy. We don't want anything to do with him. No, no. 
Don't even bring him into my house. Or mine. I mean, what the hell do I tell Lillian and the children? Oh, meet my Tajik stepfather, who's my age. No thank you. Since I'll not go anywhere without him, this is goodbye. The house is little. The old woman and her people cannot be well bestowed. Oh, tis her own blame hath put herself from rest and must needs taste her own folly. I'm a woman more sinned against than sinning. Oh, what right do children have to dictate how their parents should live the last years of their lives, Mahini? I never knew how nasty and cruel children can be when they put their tiny minds to it. Aren't we allowed to loathe them, even as Lear did Goneril and Regan? You don't loathe them. You're just angry and upset with their reactions. They'll come around. Give them time. You've dropped a bombshell on them. Oh, I know they'll come round, but not for any love of me. Huh. They'll be terrified that I'll disinherit them. That's all children are waiting for everywhere, for their parents to pop off so they can inherit the kingdom. Oh, poor Kurash. I know he wants them to like him, and he's going to walk into a blast of hostility. He has more compassion and understanding than my sons do, despite all their education. Oh, God, I suppose because of who I am, the media will nose it out that I've married again. <sighs> I'll be whizzed around the internet faster than the speed of light. Hold your breath. You're whizzing around even faster. It's in the papers. Oh, my God. Aging star. Amanda Strait marries foreign toy boy. Huh. I'm surprised they didn't say it was made in China. We hear that Amanda Strait, the 60-year-old actress who won the Oscar many years ago for her starring role in Lady Jane, has married a 20-year-old boy from Pakistan. They were married in Pakistan six months ago. Oh, God, can't they tell one Istan from another and get his age right? Who the hell was their source? Wouldn't be the boys. They'd be too embarrassed to even tell their wives or girlfriends. Was it you, Mahini? Oh, don't look at me. You didn't finish reading the piece. At present, Amanda is rehearsing to play Lear as a queen in a very radical interpretation of the great play, which is adapted and directed by Stephen Tillyar. Steve said this was the most exciting adventure in his distinguished theatre career. The play opens at... Ah! Steve! Steve! Steve now what the hell do you want, yelling at me as if I were a stagehand? Oh, <laughs> good, they ran it. Shit, they spelled my name wrong. I told this stupid woman it's spelled with a D at the end. Tilliar. Sounds sort of Swedish. Who gave you the bloody right to talk about my personal life to the press? Actors don't have personal lives. You belong to your adoring public. And you need all the publicity you can get, my dear. 
Uh, this will put bottoms on seats. Ah, this is a great story. I love it. Aging star, Amanda Strait marries foreign toy boy. They'll come in droves to see you play Leah now. They'll want to see the old queen who can pull a 20-year-old. I'm not playing a freak to be ogled at and giggled about. I want them to come for my performance. I quit. No, you can't. You have a contract. And we are paying you more money than you deserve. We'll sue you to hell and back. Oh, yes, I can. I am the star. There is a clause that states if I'm dissatisfied with the director, I can quit. And I am very, very dissatisfied, my dear. You're going to be the freak in the show. They'll wonder, like me, how the hell your toy boy gets it up for you. How does he? You pump him full of Viagra? A lot better and a lot harder than you ever did. My God, it was heavy work with you. Oh, no wonder Sarah left you too. She said the same thing. You're so insecure that you could rarely get it up. And when you did, you were insufferably arrogant. Goodbye, Steve. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I stood up to my ex-husband. You did too. I couldn't believe it. Oh, Kourash did that for me. He loves me and fills me with such confidence in myself and for myself. Oh, when I'm with him, I feel so young again. Twenty years old and falling in love for the first time. <laughs> I know just what you mean. Love helps us to live life lightly without the weight of despair and loneliness. You too. Remember the AD on the location in Dresden? He had, I was divorced and called me for a date. We went out and he proposed to <laughs> me. <laughs> Don't tell me how old he is. Age will not wither us. Oh, I'm going home to a husband and the clatter of two knives and forks on plates in a house filled our love. You have been listening to Enter Queen Lear by Tien Marari, with Jenny Runnaker as Amanda, Charlotte Weiner as Mahini, Nazar Eldorazzi as Kurash, Michael Parker as Gerald, Luke Francis as Rex. Nicholas Mackey as Steve, and Scott McGarrick as Bobby. Engineering and sound design by Joe Richardson. Stage play and rehearsal director, Simone Vors. Producer and in-studio director, Marielle Runnaker-Temple. Visit wirelesstheatre.co.uk for more audio drama downloads.